0: This morning, our gospel lesson is going to come from Luke's gospel. From Luke chapter 2, we're going to be reading verses 22 through 40. Luke 22, I'm sorry, Luke 2, verses 22 through 40, where Luke shares with us these words. When the time had come for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem, him being Jesus, of course, to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents were brought in, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light to the revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phaniel, the tribe of, the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Then as a widow in the age to the age of 84, she had never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Israel. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee and to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew up and became filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the uh, things that's interesting in this, um, in this season... Uh, is as the church has done different activities, uh, Wednesday night live meals, uh, birthday gift for Christ pickup, uh, Christ covered pickups. One of the things that I've done in the midst of this is um, I've always joked that my dream job in life is to be the, the greeter at Walmart, you know, just stand at Walmart and just wave at everybody. That, that's just what I do. So I typically, when we do a venture at the church, I wind up being kind of out front. Many of you have seen me. I kinda, I'm kind of out front I guess you could say I'm directing traffic, but I'm just talking. That's all I'm doing. I, I, I'm, I'm just talking to folks. I'm just seeing folks come up and wave at them and talk to them and just having, just having a big old time. That, that's what I'm doing. I, I joke that I, they're just people up here working, they're just getting me out the way. They're just putting me off to the side and letting me talk to folks so they can get work done. But one of the things I typically do is that I'm, I'm, um, I will let folks know for Wednesday out Live or for other, other pickups. Hey, so-and-so's here. Sometimes I'll walkie-talkie. Sometimes I'll text it in. Sometimes I'll just tell them that, hey, so-and-so's here. And I'm, I'm pretty good typically at knowing my people. I'm, I'm pretty good at knowing who you are. I'm really good with faces. And once I get your name in my head, I, it, it's up here. It's not going away. So now I'll see folks coming up, and they're wearing a mask. Sometimes we're wearing sunglasses. Sometimes they're wearing a baseball hat. And I'm like, I think I know who that is, but I'm not sure. <laughs> and so I'll sometimes say, Hey, I think it's so and so, but I'm not sure. Let me talk to them and see. And then I'll go talk to him and say, Okay, yeah, you're who I thought you were. Um, you're not who I thought you were sometimes. So it's been it's been interesting in this season. Uh with us all masked up and wearing sunglasses sometimes, and a baseball hat sometimes, to 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 figure out who is who in this times. Um, sometimes uh, you feel like you're looking for a needle in a haystack. You're not quite sure what you're looking for or who you're looking for, but you find it and you see it. I always, I always like the example of uh, those um those. Remember the, y'all remember those old optical puzzles you used to see on walls and all over. My church had a bunch of them, and so I've would. i I've always said, when you look at those optical puzzles that you're supposed to stare at it and see something, there's nothing there. They, 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 even people who see it, they're just saying, they're just saying they see it so it'll look silly. because I sat there and stared at those things forever. There's nothing there. there. There's nothing there. I fully believe that you're just staring at a wall, and the people who design these optical puzzles are doing it just to see how long they can get folks to stare at a wall. There's nothing there. I, I've never seen it. So I, I sometimes we just stare and stare and stare and stare and stare and, and, and looking at it, trying to find something something there. It does feel like a, a needle in a haystack trying to find that thing that everybody says is there, but you're not quite sure if it's there or not. Simeon and Anna in Scripture are interesting characters, I believe. They're very interesting characters, particularly Simeon. He was promised by the Lord Hey, um, you're gonna live. You're gonna live until you see the one who will deliver Israel. So there he stayed at the at the temple, looking. You know, I imagine, I wonder when he was younger if uh, he was saying, oh, "I hope I don't see this one today. I'd like to live for a long time." <laughs> you know, the Lord promised me I'm gonna live till the promised one comes. Hopefully hopefully it's not today. I'd like to keep going for a while. But then then after many years of this, you wonder if he started to want to give up. The Lord promised me I would see the one who would be the consolation of Israel. But I've not seen him yet. I don't know that I ever ever will. He waited many, many many years. He looked for many, 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 many years looking for this one who God had promised would be the Savior, would be the Messiah, would be the anointed one, would be the one come to save his people. He looked for a long time, and this Messiah had not come. And you know, you know it would have been so Easy and so tempting for him to have simply given up. He feels like he's staring into this haystack looking for a needle that's never, never going to show up. He's looked for years and years and years and years and he's never seen him. And he knew the Lord promised him this and he knew the Lord's always true to his promises. He knew this intellectually. But how long can you stare out looking for someone and never seeing? Never seeing. You know it would be tempting to give up. Not just Simeon, though. We have Anna. Anna's another interesting character. It says here that she married and she lived with her husband for seven years. And then she continued in the temple day and night till she was 84. So we don't really exactly know the specifics of how old Simeon was. But we have a ballpark estimation of how old Anna was. Most women in that culture, in that context, would have married roughly 13, give or take. Maybe, maybe, maybe 14, maybe 15, but, but 13-ish was a typical point of marriage. Lived with her husband for seven years. So that put your 20... Let's say twenty. Let's let's us push it back. Let's say twenty-two. Let's say twenty-four. She was now eighty-four. Is what it says. The text says she. Uh, the text says that she lived to the age of eighty-four. She was eighty-four years at this point. So she had been waiting for the promise of God for sixty years at least, minimum, 60 years, waiting and looking, waiting and looking, waiting and looking, looking for that needle in the haystack that had not yet come. You don't think she wanted to give up? You don't think Simeon wanted to give up? I mean, I get tired of waiting for my popcorn to pop in a minute and a half. I get tired of waiting for that red light to turn. When I lived in Pedal, crossing over to Hattiesburg, didn't matter what time you left or when it was, you were going to get caught by the train in the middle of Hattiesburg and downtown. That train was going to catch you, particularly if you were late or going to the hospital for surgery. And I have waited behind that train, Hashberg, for so long, waiting it would get done, waiting forever. No, I waited for a few minutes. I didn't wait forever. Simeon, Anna, they waited for decades and decades decades for the lord to be true to his promises waiting and seeking after the lord but today we see today we see, so when you consider how long they waited we consider how long they waited on the lord waited on his promises waiting on his truth now you see do you see now the reason why there was such joy in their hearts such joy in their life such joy in this moment because now what they'd waited for for for, for decades had been revealed now the thing they had desired and that they had wanted and that they dreamed and that they had visions and prayers for now they have seen it with their own eyes the promise of the lord is here The one they had desired for decades is now here. They have now seen with their own eyes. Simeon said, I can now let your servant depart in peace. He has now seen God's promise. And he can now rest in peace because God has been true to his word. Anna rejoices because for 60 years she has waited and now she has seen and now she has experienced with her own eyes what God has promised. God has been faithful faithful to his promise. Faithful to his promise. Faithful to his promise. time of waiting was over. I feel like we've done a lot of waiting in this season, haven't we all? I feel like we waited for a lot. 2020 has been such a year of huh, delays, delays. We've had delayed events. Think about how many events have been pushed back. Think of how many things that I know you're like me, you've thought of this year. I mean, listen, we're delaying Christmas, doing really a Christmas lunch with my mom and daddy because they're in their 90s until early next next year when they get the vaccine. I and mean, we've pushed it back. We've delayed it. We've delayed major things in our church. We've delayed major things in our life. We have delayed and pushed back, and now we're waiting. And we know, we know there's a at the end of the tunnel. Just like Simeon, just like Anna knew that God was going to be true to his promise, that they knew this. They didn't doubt God. They knew that God was faithful and true. They just waited. They waited and waited and waited and waited. And I feel like that's where we are right now. We know it's going to be fine. Like we know it's going to be fine. We do know that intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. We know we're going to be fine. We know it. But now we're waiting. Waiting for days when, when kids aren't always on quarantine in school. Waiting for days when we can gather together and eat. The church family. Waiting for days when the sanctuary is full. Waiting. And we know it's going to happen. I, I don't doubt. I don't doubt, y'all. I know these things are going to happen again. But we're waiting. We're waiting. We know that God will be true. We know that God is at work. But sometimes I wonder if we're like Simon. If we're staring out, looking, and we're not seeing it. We feel like we're staring with those optical puzzles. Feel like we're staring looking for a needle in a haystack. Looking and looking and looking. And nothing's there. Waiting. Waiting. Looking for God. One of the best Bible studies, I I realized how long I've been in ministry the other day when I was um, talking to somebody about a Bible study that I've done, experiencing God. I don't know how many of you have done that Bible study. When I first started working with youth back in the late 90s, when I first started preaching back in the late 90s, experiencing God was kind of all the rage. It was a... it was a Bible study that everybody did. Um, I think every church I served had, had, had done it. And it was a Bible study that um, that I said, oh, when I say experiencing God, and everybody goes, oh, yeah, experiencing God, loved it. And I was saying to somebody, somebody the other day, I said, you know, you, you know like, like an experiencing God? And they looked at me with like a blank face. I'm like, oh, do you know what experiencing God is? They'd never heard of it. And I realized, wow, okay, I guess I can't assume. <laughs> After 25 years, that everybody did this Bible study. That was popular back in the nineties. Maybe I should not. Maybe I should not assume that a Bible study that came around before cell phones basically is one that everybody's done. Experiencing God is one of my favorite Bible studies that I've ever ever done. It was it was a really great study that I did as a as a as a, as a participant. It was a really great Bible study that I did as I taught to particularly with my youth back when my first youth ministry job. And this is the basic premise of this Bible study. That so often in life, we feel like it's our job to take God places. It's my job to take God into this world. It's my job to take God out in the community. It's my job to, 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 to take God wherever I go. I got to take God out there. And the Spirit of God says, no, that's not actually quite right. Our job is not so much to take God places, but our job is to look, is to look and to see what God's doing, to see what God's doing. And then our job is to see what God is doing and then join in with God in whatever it is that He is doing. My job is not to take God into the world, for God's already at work in all the world. The Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost. God is at work in so many ways. My job is to see what God is doing and join in to his work. Join in to what he is doing. Join in to where he is. Join in to what is happening. My job is to join in to what God's already doing. So I need to shift from thinking i got to take God everywhere, or it's up to me to do all this, I've got to shift and see what it is that God's already doing and join in. I think sometimes we look for the wrong needle in this haystack. I think sometimes we think that God is only seen in places like this building. We only experience God... In places like this sanctuary, which is a sacred and holy space. I think right now as we wait for the resumption of completeness of life, our job is not just too long to be in the places where God wants us to be long term. But our job is to see what God is doing in the day-to-day Life we live. Where's God present? If you're a parent, where's God present in your children? Where do you see the grace of God at work in their lives? Where do you see the grace of God at work in the life of your family? I mean, if you're if you're a family, I know it's hard. I know you're. I know you're tired of teaching. I know you're tired of zooming. I know, I know we've asked so much of our parents in this season. But where are you seeing God in your children right now? Have you named it? Can you name it to your children where you're seeing God in their life? Where are you seeing God in the life of your spouse? How has your spouse been the hands and feet of Jesus to you in this season? Huh? How have you been the hands and feet of Christ to your spouse this season? Where's God at work in the life of your coworkers? Where's God at work in the life of your, your work? Where, where do you see God? Where do you see God present in the life of your community? Where do you see God working? Our job is to look. Look for what God is doing. Look for where God is present. Look for where God is at work. And then join in. But that means we gotta be looking, y'all. We gotta be looking. But not just with our physical eyes. With our spiritual eyes. Sometimes we don't see because we don't look. Have we become so focused on getting through all this? Have we become so focused on whatever that is to come that we've lost the grace to look now and to see now, to join in now? Simeon and Anna, yeah, they were looking for what God was going to do. But the only way they could see what God was going to do was to pay attention to what God was doing in that moment. God's got great things in store for you and for your family and for our church in 2021. I have no doubt about that. I think 2021 is going to be the greatest year our church has ever seen. I really believe that. I think 2021 is going to be the greatest year that is our families have ever seen. I really believe that. But we've got to look spiritually now at what God is doing now and join in. So the way that 2021 becomes a great year is that we join in to what God's doing right now. Join in right now. Join in with the Holy Spirit. Pay attention. Look, listen. Give yourself space to pray, to seek God, and to experience Him now. Sometimes we get so focused on the future, upon what we're waiting for, that we miss what God's doing now. When we lived in Ripley, Um, Holly sometimes worked over at the hospital in Corinth. And so sometimes I'd go over to Corinth and see her, and we'd eat lunch together. Sometimes I'd have friends to visit over there, church members in the hospital. I'd I'd go over there and see them. And as as you drove through, um, there's this one place in particular i never forget on Highway 4. You top this hill, and you'd cross over into this little valley, and it, it was beautiful. I mean, you felt like you were in, in the mountains. I mean, it, the, the hills were not high, but you felt, it felt very much like what you'd experience in, in the mountains of Tennessee and North Carolina. It was a beautiful piece of, piece, of, um, piece of property there. And y'all know me, I'm usually pretty hard charging and pretty busy. Usually when I was driving, I was, got my mind at other places and other things that I, I'm not thinking about. But one day, me and Holly were driving somewhere, and just kind of driving slow, I was in no hurry, it was no rush, just driving. We topped the hill, it was, it was fall, it was, it, was, it was October or so. Topped the hill, came to the valley. I looked around, it's like the trees were on fire with color. Uh, to this day, one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen in my entire life was that valley in that day. Just seeing the trees alive with color, I was speechless and stunned. Had how beautiful it was. That's how I said, Have you seen this? Do you see how beautiful these colors are? She's like, Andy, it's been like this for weeks. You just aren't paying attention. Yeah, you're right. I drove past stunning beauty every day. I didn't pay attention. God's at work right now, y'all in our life in life our families in life our community all over god is at work we just need the grace to see to see what he's doing to see where he's at work and then to join in may god give us the eyes to see and the passion to be part of what he is that he longs to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're doing now. We thank you, God, for where you are at work now. God, and we ask you now for the grace that we can be faithful and join in to your plan, to your life, to your work now. God, give us grace to see you. Give us eyes to see you. And give us hearts and lives faithful to serve you. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' sweet and holy name. Amen.